Daniel. I will not even try his middle name because it's Tongan and I'm not even going to go there. But he is doing great. And I uh, want you to know that that church has stepped in to had uh, one of their staff people. Uh, her brother was uh, tragically shot and killed. And so the funeral happened. And then uh, they were here. Uh, they were literally here uh, Saturday to uh, celebrate that as a church. And, and it's just been a lot going on. And I know you're coming in. I just got uh, a text from someone that says it's December 22nd, which means one more day until guys start shopping. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably true. One more day. And so I just want you to know that as you look at that last part, that I do believe in the virgin birth, and I do believe in the resurrection, and I do believe that he is coming again. And I just want to share my heart with you. I want you to know if you are visiting with us, welcome. You're going to hear a Christmas message that you've never heard before. And if you're a regular attender, you're going to hear a Christmas message that you've never heard before. Um, I have been known to not do things traditionally well. And today is no different. So Jeff, switch over to my screen. Let's go ahead and do this. Um, if you have the Uversion app, which you can all download, at the very bottom you will find a word called events. You click on there, find Cedars Church, and all of today's verses are already preloaded for you there. Come. We looked at this idea that there has literally been this time when a generation of the Israelites, the Jews, the, Je- the people that Jesus came through, came to was saying, Lord, Messiah, come. They prayed it. They expected it. They desired for the Messiah, the one that would come, the one that would set things right. He's promised. And again, I showed that over and over again, every generation was in this anticipation of coming. Some of you have kids. Some of you have had kids who when we get to Christmas light, night are going to be in full-blown anticipation. Do you understand what I'm saying? They cannot wait for the morning to come. They cannot sleep. They cannot eat. They're hellions who don't deserve their gifts, but there they are. Because they cannot wait for the morning to come. This incredible expectation. And so I want you to know that I want to show you a verse that's going to help us get started with that. And it's found in 1 Peter and it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Concerning this salvation, because we're here for the birth of Christ, not for his birth, but for the salvation that he brings. Someone say amen to that. Amen. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, yours, searched and inquired carefully. Inquiring what, what, what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. So these people are looking and straining to find the person or the time that is going to usher in the one that would come and suffer for us. And it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. But you. And the things that have now been announced to you. Through those who preach the good news to you. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. 
I've shared with you that angels did not get the playbook. And so they're trying to figure this thing out because the Messiah has been promised. So I want to illustrate this for you in this way. Um, This uh, is a telescope, but it is going to represent for us this idea that what happens for us is because we are so many thousands of years removed, not only from the birth of Christ, but from the creation itself in which the birth of Christ was being told, it is like we look down and we're looking way far off. We're looking so far off. And so we look all the way back into Scripture. We look all the way back to the beginning, and we read Scriptures like this. Genesis 3, 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall, shall go, and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And then what happens in that is he says to this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. And that from the beginning, from Genesis, from the time of the fall of Adam and Eve, Jesus is spoken of, that he would come and set things right. So we look through this lens and we look all the way back and see that there was a God that was planning this even from the time of Adam and Eve. And I shared with you last week in Genesis 22, 18, when God sits with Abraham and promises him that he will be the lineage and then from him will become this nation. And out of this, but he says this line, and your offspring shall all the, I'm sorry, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And we show that in scripture, that offspring is Christ. That through him, all the nations, not just the Jews, All the nations are going to be blessed. And then I share with you, in the time of Moses, in Deuteronomy 18, 18, I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And so we look through this lens, and we go all the way back to Genesis, and all the way back to Abraham, and all the way back to Deuteronomy, and all the way back to Moses, and we see that as we look way back, that there has been this plan. And then from there, we get all of these prophets that said, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, and they were waiting patiently for him to come. Could this be the generation? 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 Listen, every generation wondered. Every generation was hopeful. Every generation was passionate and would pray, listen, as a part of their prayers, come, O chosen one. Set us free and give us life. And then there's a problem that we have today is that we then, because we are looking back in what we consider to be an old book, even though there are scriptures that speak of him coming again, we are still looking at them from this big, long distance because for us, that just seems that way that we should do it. So let me show you this. This is Revelation chapter 1, 7 through 8. And it says this, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come, 
the Almighty. There will be a time that he is coming on the clouds because he is from the beginning and the end. But again, we, we, we understand that speaking about over here in future, but we look at it through a lens going backwards in time, and so we miss something really important. We'll get there. But again, we're looking through a lens looking backwards to a scripture that's pointing forwards. And Isaiah 2, 2-4 through 4. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mount of the house of the Lord shall be established as, as the highest of the mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that he may walk, we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations. He shall decide disputes, disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall, lift up, shall not lift up the sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. You have these prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, 7, 13 through 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him as dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. There is a day that Daniel saw that all nations, all tongues will come to him. There's a day in which all will come because he has everlasting dominion. But again, we're looking at this through this lens of going all the way back to the book of Daniel. And Daniel, even though he's talking about something in the future, we continue to look back through this lens. Again, these prophets are speaking. Zechariah. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy. So that when they look on me, on him, whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one who mourns for an only child. And weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. On that day, we're jumping all the way down to 13, chapter one, I mean 13, verse one. On that day shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanliness. So, what I'm trying to say is this. It is really easy for us in our moment in time to look past over history. I'm telling you, people, a few years after the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're not thinking of 2020.
People in the 1100s and the 1200s and the 1300s and the 1400s and the 1500s didn't think we would get here. They weren't thinking 2020. And what we do is we look back through all these years and we can get complacent and say, well, yeah, that's history. And here's my concern. My concern is that we're doing this with the future. We're putting this big, huge lens on the future because it's so far away. And so when I speak to you about one that says he's coming back, you look through this lens of one that is so far away. And I want to challenge with you today that this is not your lens. Your lens is right here. Your lens is your heart. Let me tell you what Jesus said. In 2 Peter 3, 11 through 13. Since all these things are thus to be, dis- to be dissolved. By the way, this is talking heavens and earth. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness today? Not in the future. Not when you get your stuff right. Not when you get through your college years. Not when you finally have your first kid. Ought to live in holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening. That means wanting, pulling it. It's almost like you have a cord just saying, come on, please, come. Hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Our hope is not to put this over here and go, oh, it's way off, it's way off. No, we wait for it and we are pulling it, wanting it to come. Wanting him to come back and redeem us. Wanting him to come back and save us from a, so we get to be with him for eternity. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And folks, If this earth is good good enough for you, you'll never want the one that he has. If this is going to sustain you, if this is going to be the thing that makes you happy, all you got to do is get the new car and get the stuff. I know we're at Christmas. You put stuff on your list. I get that stuff. I know. I know for about one minute on on Christmas morning, you're going to be happy for about one minute. And then new stuff comes on the screen during the football game. How do we sit and go right now, right here, right here? I want him to come back. I want him to come again. Luke 17, 30 through 35. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. This is Jesus speaking. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, 
Let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come back down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. We're going to skip to 33. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed, and one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. See, here's the thing he's trying to get us to do. Do not put my coming into this long lens and go, it's down the road. Folks, listen to me. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. And are you ready? Are you ready? Or are you going to be the one that is in the field turning back, trying to get everything taken care of? Are you the one that's going to leave the top of his house going, I can fix it all, I can fix it all in the last second? Mark 13, 34 through 37. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. But if I keep putting this lens over here and saying, oh no, all this is in the future. I'm good now. I can do whatever I'm doing now. I can make sure that I'm happy now. I can make sure I get this stuff now. The fact is, I don't know when he's coming back. By the way, Christmas Day is a good day to come back. Am I awake? Are you awake for him? Yes, I'm building to a point. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. We are here on this Sunday because he came the first time. We are here on this Sunday because he finally let a generation see him come. Here's what's scary. Did you hear me? They missed it. When the wise men got to Jerusalem, no one knew what they were talking about. They had to go to their scribes and say, hey, where is this king supposed to be born? Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem. The prophets told them where it would happen. Three guys from Persia, or however many of them there were, were able to see a star and make their way. But those who should have known, those were who of his people missed him. He's in a crowd of Bethlehem. There's no room for him at the end. Mary gives birth, and Jesus has got to go tell shepherds to come and see his son because they missed him. Why? Because they've been looking so long 
through this that they finally believed it couldn't be them. And my fear for you, and my fear for me, is that if I look at the future like this, I won't be awake. I won't be ready. He is calling me to holiness and righteousness now. He is calling me to a life worth living now. Watch this. He will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Christmas time, we turn this way and we look at the history of his coming. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, turn this way and know he's coming again. And you don't know when and you can't figure it out. Oh, we've watched the people that proclaimed he's coming this year, he's coming this month. And there he goes. But he's saying I'm coming and I'm waiting for the, looking for those who are waiting for me. The story of the ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom to come, but they didn't have enough oil. And when he came, he said, I'm here. And they were like, oh, give us oil, give us oil. We're ready. They weren't ready. And he went into the wedding place, shut the door, and they were standing outside. Revelation 22, 20. This is where I want us... To land. But I want to say a couple things to you. The reason why this is not a traditional Christmas message is because it's too easy for us to just go, yeah, yeah, he came. Yeah, yeah, he was born. Yeah, yeah, we sing about him. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have Christmas. Yeah, yeah, we're going to pack it all away in boxes and put it up in the attic. And yeah, yeah, a new year begins. We've done it. You've done it, I've done it, however many years you've been on this earth, you've done it. And going, Jeff, but I could die. I could go old and die and he will not have come. I know. But he still tells you to wait for him. He still tells you to be expectant. He still tells you to be on your toes wanting him to come. He still is asking for you to understand that he didn't come to be a baby. He came to be a savior. And then after that, he's coming back to be a conquering king. And he will come on a white horse. And he will separate the sheep from the goats. And he will have his day. Because he did everything he could to make sure that any of us who are hearing my voice can have hope in him. He paid the price. He was beaten. He took on human form. He was God with us. And he's coming to you and he is saying to you, listen, <clears throat> I am coming again. And some of you are like, yeah, yeah. And you look through your long lens and you go, someday. 
When I was a kid in youth group, um, I had amazing people pour into me. That's why I've been so blessed that our boys have had amazing men and women pour into them. Jody and I prayed for that. Because both Jody and I in our high school years had people who just poured into us. And we wanted that for them. And, and I remember there was a time when we were a small church, like, will we even have a youth pastor? Will we have people that would put, we, we would have those thoughts. But I remember when I was in youth ministry, uh, when I was in, in my youth group, I remember we were having a talk. And the talk went something like this. Hey, are you ready if he comes back tomorrow? And we all said, yeah. But in our hearts, we were saying, can you hold off to graduation? Can you hold off till I find the right girl or guy? Can you hold off until I have my first kid? Notice how we don't care about the second or third, we just want the first one? Can you hold off till I get grandkids? Now, we wouldn't say that there. Yeah, I'm ready for him to come back. But we have a God that is saying, I died for you. And I know that what you think here is so great, so awesome, so cool, and you got to have it. But he promises that what is waiting for us is so far better. Are you praying for the coming of Jesus? Are you yearning for him to return? Are you hoping that it's this generation that gets to see the clouds and the skies break open and him come mounted on a white horse? Are you wanting to see him come to finally take care of all this junk? Folks, I'm telling you, politics isn't going to fix it. Your team winning the Super Bowl is not going to fix it. Your investment is not going to fix it. Your Christmas bonus, your raise, is not going to fix it. The only thing that fixes our hearts is Him giving us life and grace and mercy. And please, God, please, Him coming back to take us home. He who testifies these things says, surely I'm coming soon. Now watch this. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Here's what's interesting. And this is the point I've been trying to move to this whole time. The people of Israel for generations didn't use the word Jesus. They say, Please come, Messiah. Please come, Messiah. Oh, God, please come, Messiah. Please come, Messiah. And they taught their kids to say, please come, Messiah. They taught their grandkids to say, please come, Messiah. And their great, great, and their great, great, and their great, great, and their great, great, please come, Messiah. And yes, 
he finally came. May we be teaching ourselves, our kids, and our grandkids to stand expectantly on our toes and say, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Because I'm telling you, the only answer for all of this is him. Is him. And I get it. You still want to see kids, you still want to see grandkids, but in the midst of that, never miss to pray. Come, Lord Jesus. He came once, and he will do it again. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father.